Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tullervinter and I am the creator, editor and host of The Grant. The Grant is an independent, non-commercial podcast initiative with the ambition to dig into all corners of the EU R&D funding system and topics of interest for the full EU R&D funding community. Coordination of EU proposals and projects is one long life of prioritization of tasks and not least uncomfortable tasks. And the uncomfortable tasks often seem like they are endlessly coming onto your coordinator desk. This week's guest in the Grand Podcast has a solution for coordinators. Eat the frog. Isabel Bodalo, senior researcher at RISE in Sweden, has lots of experience working with both EU proposals and implemented EU projects. Which makes her very familiar with all the small, medium and big problems and challenges you have to handle as a coordinator. To make a perfect analogy of how you need to choke down difficult issues, she made a LinkedIn post referring to the Mark Twain quote sounding like this. If you have to eat a frog, do it first thing in the morning. And if you have to eat two, eat the biggest one first. <laughs> so, of course, I invited Isabel into the virtual podcast studio for a talk about the concept of eat the frog and digging into the biggest frogs that coordinators have to swallow once in a while. A fantastic episode with also a little bit of Christmas feel. Of course. Merry Christmas and please enjoy. The Grand. Welcome to The Grand, the EU funding podcast. Today, i have um, a guest on board that is um, when you do what I do, my my feeding source, so to say, of of good guests, nice guests, is LinkedIn. And um, when you have a focus as a podcaster, you try to you try to pick up people or persons who have a nice angle and a nice approach to both how to share things and then do it with a nice approach on giving a nice curve or an angle to a specific thing within EURD funding. And there are a handful out there and I'm slowly gathering them <laughs> and inviting them in as guests. And today uh, I have a guest that I've been wanting to get on board for a while because she uh, has very, very nice posts uh, and uh, we will have a talk about one of them today. But I've already been talking way too much uh, here in the intro before introducing the guest. So Isabel, welcome. Thank you. Lovely to have you on board. Thank you. <laughs> Isabel, before we share with the listeners what we're going to talk about today, can you say a few words about yourself? Yes, sure. So, in short, I'm a mother of three. I'm a Spanish working in Sweden for two and a half. And I work as project manager. Yeah, if I want to go it longer, like I'm chemist from the Basque Country University in Spain, holding a PhD in material science from Autonomous University of Barcelona. And I did my PhD at the Microelectronics Center of Barcelona, that is an institute under the CSIC, the Spanish National Research Council. Mm -hmm. And uh, shortly on your experience on, on EU funding and EU funded proposals, are you a proposal preparer or are you a facilitator or in which corner are you? I'm a little bit everything, you know, I try to, what I try is to facilitate the, the life of the researchers. This is what uh -huh. I, I like to to call me. Mm -hmm. So you're a research manager, so to say. Kind of. Uh, but you also help them with writing some parts of their proposals, yes. I guess. Yes, uh, yes. That's how it works. Thanks. Before we get onto the topic, I always give my guests the possibility to share a little bit about the organization that they work for. Do you want to say a few words about RISE? Or? Yes, sure. 
they would probably so, be happy your managers. <laughs> <laughs> so I work for Rice Research Institute of Sweden. At Rice, uh, we currently collaborate with all industries and sector to build uh, sustainable Sweden and Europe. And we are more than three thousand people working on that. And in particular, I work for the for Rice Processo, that is in the north of Sweden. We are a um, biorefinery. We, in particular, I'm working in the chemistry group, where my colleagues, they work in the valorization of biological residues in the biofuels, biopolymers, uh, bio-based materials, and so on. Yeah. And I joined them in February this year with the focus on initiating Horizon Europe project and also helping them to manage some of the projects that they already have. So our primary interest is Cluster 5, because we work in bio-based processes and industrial symbiosis, Cluster 5, we work uh, with biofuels, and also Cluster 6 with bio-based uh, processes and products, another scheme. And just briefly, in, in 2024, we will be working on several ideas like uh, high-value application of crystalline nanocellulose, electroche electrochemistry for waste valorization, and plastic recycling with thermochemical treatment. And my role is to help them to find the right uh, topics, the right colleagues to go for them. Mm -hmm. uh, the facilitator of everything there. Um, and to the to the listeners, I can share that rises. It's actually 3,000 persons, quite a big, big amount of people in a country like Sweden uh, with 8 million inhabitants. And I think RISE, it's uh, sort of gathering it's sort of an umbrella research organization that has been including merging with research organizations throughout Sweden over the last five years or something like this, right? Yeah, we are one of them. Processing yeah, yeah. before was not rice. Now now we are 60% owned by rice, but we are still on 40% for a cluster yeah. or industry in yeah. the... So it's sort of trying to to generate of making a conglomerate, a research yep. that is covering uh, technical areas throughout uh, the whole country of Sweden. Let's uh, let's move on to the topic because mm -hmm. uh, Isabel. Um, the, so the, actually, the headline of today's episode is called "Eat the Frog." And uh, there will be a byline for people to understand when they access the episode what this is about. But uh, Eat the Frog, it was a headline of one of your LinkedIn posts. Um, and uh, the LinkedIn post was related to uh, coordination. But of course, when you have such a headline, you are captured by it. Now, I already start this way too wrong because this is a Christmas episode and we're supposed to have a short Christmas feeling in this episode before we fly to the topic. So it's going to serve dear out there. Yeah, we're just going to shortly give you some Christmas feeling because this will be released on the 25th of December. So, Isabel, how is Christmas there where you are? Yeah, as I mentioned, I have three young children. So since we are from everywhere, and nowhere, we mm -hmm. just incorporate tradition from all over the place. So we have mm -hmm. Jules Totten from Sweden. We have Santa Claus from <laughs> everywhere. Olegero uh -huh. from Basque Country, Tio from Catalonia, and also Los Reyes Magos from Spain. So uh -huh. a mix of everything and nothing. But it's fun. Did you, did you celebrate uh, San Nicolas on the 6th? Not really. This is something that I have to also to incorporate. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is uh, some countries have it where you put where the children they have to put out clean shoes on this uh, the night of the six, uh, and then uh, San Nicolas comes by, and if he if they're clean they get candy, and if they are dirty they get a garlic uh, clove in uh, clove okay. in, in them. We have Los Reyes Magos that is also the night of the six or so something similar. Well, it's in January. Yeah, yeah. This is in December. Ah and no no no. Yeah. So, and uh, tell me, is uh, is it it's snow where you are, no? Yes. Yes. So you have the real Christmas feel, and tell me because being a a foreigner in another country, because I tried that myself, living abroad and uh, having Christmas. How uh, do you get the right feeling? Do you do you feel Christmassy, or do you miss some of uh, the the things of feelings from Spain when you? 
I feel, uh, yeah, I, I'm missing food and fun yeah. for sure. This is yeah, like yeah. the two things that I really miss in Christmas. Are you, uh, so you're not going to Spain? In the no. Any... no, we will go in January. Okay. After New Year's, will you go and celebrate uh, on the 6th of January? No, we will go uh, 11. 11th. Okay. To share with the listeners, the uh, because I know, because I, I have been celebrating Christmas twice in Spain, in the, in Estepona, in Andalusia. And uh, Reyes Magos is a huge feast on the 6th, 6th of January. That's the Three Kings. Uh, it's it's uh, it's you have you have actually a process procession going through the city uh, with with uh, vacants and all kinds of people they dress up and uh, and candles being thrown from the <laughs> from from all these cars and and yeah it's it's a huge feast <laughs> it's massive <laughs> mm-hmm. it's crazy yes uh, uh. <laughs> oh yeah uh, no um just a brief christmas feeling here um so let me reintroduce the topic we will talk about eat the frog because it was a headline of um one of your linkedin posts related to being a coordinator and um it of course caught my eye uh because it was something i this just it, was just not one of the normal linkedin updates on how do you do this how do you do that maybe we we take a fly in first on what it is to be the conditions of being a coordinator, because then quite soon we will come to why, why this concept eat the frog will move into that. But so take a short flying on being a coordinator. It's how would you define it? I don't know what for me describing what it means to be a coordinator is not easy because you can't distinguish between different types of coordination. There is technical coordination, administrative economic coordination, proposal coordination, project coordination. So, and I'm sure I'm losing something, but I say this because I believe that the characteristic of each coordinator are not the same, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and not everyone seems to know it, that you need different people to coordinate different things, different projects, and so on. And in this business, in the project management, Uh, an European project. Uh, I see people f- who have entered this field from very diverse background. People with and without scientific knowledge, with and without doctorate. So that's why I believe it's challenging to define what it means to be a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think about if I if I saw the first thoughts I get when I think about what are the conditions of being a coordinator, I think uh, chaotic. I think heavy workload. I think multitasking. <laughs> I think um, uh, anxiety, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, I think. <sighs> What else do I think? I think a spider in the middle of the web. Yep. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's it's a it can both be a wonderful role and a terrifying role. Yes. Uh, I think, and with that in mind, let's move on to uh, because it's uh, that's this is the motivation for um, for the episode, of course. So let's have a look at this eat the frog idea. So can you introduce this concept? So when I wrote this this LinkedIn uh, post. I was thinking what I think is the most important like uh, task that has a coordinator in a project and is eat the frog. If something happens in a project, it has to be someone that deal with this, with it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the researcher, the principal investigator, he is really close to the idea, to the project, to deal mm-hmm. with it. You know, if a project, for example, deviate or If the result, the scientific result, are not really aligned or are not uh, as good as we thought, you have to. You need someone to to say and to to be prepared to the, to to say, okay, maybe we have we need to change or we have to stop or we have to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to be a coordinator uh-huh. to eat this frog. Yeah. 
Well, it, anyways, it 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 always get back to the coordinator, right? Yep. It's not. It's it's like it's both in the proposal process and in the project process. It's um, you might be lucky enough when you write the proposal if you are, if you have a private grants consultancy helping you with that. Then you have another frog eater with you. <laughs> yeah, you can you can share it, uh, the coordinator and the and the grants consultant that is working with you. Yes. Uh, but when you run the project, yeah, it's it's pre- it pretty much lands on the table on sitting there's a quack quack in front in front of the coordinator, and then um, maybe maybe you wanna you wanna share the quote from Mark Twain. <laughs> okay, this one that. Okay, Mark Twain uh, said, "No, if your mm-hmm. job, if it's your job to eat a frog, it is best to do it first thing in the morning. And mm-hmm. if it's your job to eat two frogs, it is best to eat the biggest one first. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, it's it's very funny quote, uh, but it's also funny because it's true. <laughs> and of course, uh, what you're referring to here, and why it is it is calibrating with with this." you're like the coordinator role is because it's um you have this cacophony of of different issues that pops up constantly on your table of course you have have moments where you have a flood of frogs coming in and other periods where uh, you sail rather smoothly and a, and just once in a while a, a frog pops up <laughs> um but the idea is of course that um that you that you have a problem yeah nobody likes to eat a frog so of course it's a matter of how do you deal with a problem now i took the time to dig a little bit into to the concept that look a little bit into websites explaining it and so on with with people theorizing a little bit over this and uh, in relation to if you look at work in a work situation this is what people who hail this 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 discourse they they say well it can help you if you are stalking on if you are you know if you're blocked if you have bottlenecks if you uh, don't really know how to attack your working day because you have too many things to do so it can help you in your work efficiency um if you have too much on your hands right and prioritizing of your tasks and i think i think that's that's the key that's the key element here <laughs> in 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 this quote and in the concept is you need to prioritize your tasks yeah it's it's uh, being a coordinator it's one long prioritization prioritization of what you need to do next sometimes there's a fire landing Uh, a a dog shit on fire that lands on your table, then you deal with that. But you have to prioritize all the time. So maybe we want to move into uh, to this. So the challenges of being a coordinator. So what are the frogs? Uh, because that's that's what we uh, what you out there of course you are interested in hearing um, of you know like the coordinators to be or the already coordinators because Isabel have you coordinated yourself uh, projects? I coordinated a proposal for sure and a mm-hmm. project uh, not all the the time the project because before finishing the I, I left the the organization. Okay, because here we have some sub bullets in this where you list out a handful of things, right? Uh, of what what frogs you have <laughs> to deal with. Partners not doing the work that they are supposed to do. Let's start with that. Um, can you uh, share? Don't uh, no no one mentioned, no one forgotten, but just uh, in general <laughs> general terms, uh, your experience on this. Yeah, sometimes, and this is, I think, sometimes it's a problem during the proposal writing that you don't really write a good proposal, mm-hmm. so you don't have really a framework for everyone. So when you go to the project to execution, people uh, they really they don't always know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they don't want to do the job, but they don't really want, they don't really know 
they don't go, they don't do the work. And see, this is link, like the task from one the partner has to go for the other mm-hmm. and so on. Someone in the chain uh, is missing, mm-hmm. then you are missing the project. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's um, you have core partners, and core partners are often uh, working a lot. Yeah, they have an interest. It's of the the idea comes from them, or if it doesn't come from them, they are often closely connected. From from uh, you know they've been working together with the coordinator or the idea generator. So they they have a an organization and personal interest in the project and where it needs to go. In European projects, oh, it's a collaboration, international collaborative project, right? So it's a multi-collaboration. And of course, you need to fill in the, the, the partner value chain. And sometimes you sketch that value chain and you have an idea of where you can go uh, more or less it doesn't matter so so we don't we're not digging into partner searches here now. but you sometimes you end up with a partner that is ideal for the role but they don't really feel themselves an incentive to really invest time in in both the proposal part and even you can see you can see the <laughs> the distance in their eyes when they you're know, like they they even for if a project get funded you know you you know okay this is gonna be trouble <laughs> um that that thing because what happens is and I think this is what what this element is summing up is you need people to do an effort if you need to win the proposal yeah you need uh, the people that commit exactly. And be, uh, because it can, any evaluator uh, can see this. And I think we say that the correct word because at the end, project is not organization. It's not uh, rice from Sweden. It's not uh, this company from Spain. It's yeah. people. Yeah. And if people don't commit, the organization is 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 lost. Exactly. It's human psychology. The people are just interpreters of an innovation strategy on an organizational level. It's the human beings that are involved in the processes that are. So you can be, in, it can be as many Siemens and Vestas or Lego or whatever huge corporations that looks nice. Uh, it doesn't matter if the persons that are connected to this process they suck. Yep. <laughs> from a coordinator point of view if they don't commit to the process and stall everything and everything gets sidelined because they can't you know like deliver in time or you constantly have to ask for things you constantly have to push and nobody's getting anything back then doesn't matter how good a name the organization has it's going to be a crap proposal you won't win it uh, their name on board or not and you're not even if you win it. That's even worse, as I normally say, because it, oh, Jesus Christ, if you sit then and win it with people who cannot really see why they are actually there, they, it can destroy everything. Everybody's going to have a bad experience for one or two partners that uh, are indifferent to what you're supposed to do. Hmm. Yes. And that frog, the frog here, Isabel, that is to put the finger on the sour spot, right? Hmm. It is to take that. It is to take that confrontation. Yes. Uh, it's okay. to take to pick up the that's the frog. It's to pick up the conflict and address it. And if, if the big frog is to throw partners out, you have to do it. Yeah. Someone has to do it. And it's the coordinator who has to to you know. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the proposal writer. I've been in that position. Sometimes the proposal writer is doing most of what a coordinator would do if they didn't have a proposal writer on board. So the proposal writer can do many things, also conflict, uh, dealing with conflicts like this. But uh, the the co- actual coordinator has to step in at, at something like this and pick that up and uh, sw- swallow the toad, the toad yeah. I would almost say this. <laughs> nah. That's that frog. Then we have uh, partners leaving the consortia, and it's related to what I what I just mentioned here. You throw that in the previous one that would be throwing them out <laughs> eventually, but the this one, yeah. Do you want to put some words on that? Yeah, this is 
a big problem, depending on the consortia for sure, and the role of this partner. Sometimes it's a small role and mm-hmm. you can cover with others within the project, but sometimes is the the partner that is going to be, for example, to scale up the technology. That is something mm-hmm. that happened to me. Yeah. And then you, 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 you need to replace it. And if yeah. the technology that you need to replace is quite unique, mm-hmm. it could be really complicated to find someone to replace it. This this is um, this stress factor, this anxiety, the anxiety levels that you reach to when you sit and have the responsibility of a consortia where this happens, proposal where this happens, it's it's through the roof <laughs> because it's um, in the proposal and we're talking two different scenarios, right? We're talking in the proposal, okay? Then you, uh, then you are especially. Uh, so here, it's a time. Time is a factor. So if it happens one week before, you're probably not gonna make it, mm. and you have to write through the proposal and see if you can patch it up without that partner and make it likable that you will be able to reach what you want to reach, anyways. If it's up to two weeks, <laughs> well, then you can make an effort to get someone on board, um, and depending on size and importance. And commit, uh, invest, you know, the responsibilities they have and what they will do. It, it, it. I have managed to close holes also in last minute, but it's it's tricky. The other scenario, it's when the project has been funded. Yep. That's well. That's not. It's probably not. I don't know if it's worse than the other one because here you actually have the funding. So. There, the the worst thing here is if you can't find someone to pick it up, because then the project probably falls if it's an important one, right? But the thing here is the big uh, carrot, of course, is that the funding is already won. So no one that everyone that you approach to say, look, it's just you just have to pick it up. You don't have to do anything. It is already funded. You just have to step into the role. Yeah? But then. You have to be careful because then you will have maybe the first problem, the first uh, frog. This partner really has to commit to the project. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to have another big frog <laughs> maybe in some months. <laughs> then another frog pops out of this first frog. So, of course, the frog here is the frog is is the, the unreliability. And, uh, and the frog is... What is the frog to eat? The frog is... The frog is uh, getting someone else on board. Yeah, that's the frog. I think. Uh, have you tried both scenarios, both before and after? I even uh, was in the in the middle, you know, before the granted to be signed. Okay. <laughs> so this is also tricky because uh, you are in the middle of nothing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and I was also in the in the part of being the the partner leaving the consortia. You tried to leave. We already left when I was in an industry because working in a research institution on a new mm. university and working in an industry is different. You mm-hmm. have different scenarios for a yeah. for a university three, four, five years. It's no time, but for a company, three years, four years, maybe it's half of your life. Yeah, and sometimes you you need to change, and you need to to have to to eat some frog, and it's to leave a partner a consortia. Yeah, yeah, it's um that's that's also a frog, of course. If you're a partner, now we're talking from the coordinator's point of view, but of course, if if you have landed somewhere where you're uh, not feeling like, then you need to. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, but better for Christ's sake out there, do it as early as possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, for sure. don't uh, don't procrastinate such a decision because it's going to it's it's basically it's basically uh, pissing on other people's hard work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You have to respect. You have to have respect for the work that is behind developing a proposal of this magnitude because it is uh, many many people's resources and investment of work into something like this, and it's so so just because it feels uncomfortable uh, psychologically for you, you don't stall it you know like just get out <laughs> yeah 
Um, anything else on that? Nope. Uh, the next one I have here, um, deliverables that are not done in a timely manner. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to fold it out? Yeah, this is something that I, this is not a big frog because uh, you can uh, speak to the prior offices, for example, that, okay, we will have this delay and uh, because that and but you have to be prepared on time. You you cannot uh, wait. Uh, you, you, if you are the, the the partner that is in charge of this deliver deliverable, you cannot wait until the end. Okay, maybe I will not be able to deliver tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. to submit uh, tomorrow the delivery. So this is something that uh, and the coordinator has to track that everything is on time and everything is correct. Yeah, um, it's a very normal problem. Yeah. So anyone who has been coordinating. Uh, be sitting in this road they know they know of this <laughs> and that's and not only because you have actually you have co-partners that work intensively and then where deliverables it's a matter of um, where things get delayed it's not a matter of them not wanting to to fulfill their obligations so to say it's a ma- simply a matter of of some there might be some technical processes or so on or tests or something that you know they cannot fit it into what they projected it to be so that's of course something that is not nobody's going to take away your money from the commission side yeah. when it's like this because then it's you can prove that it's that it's not a matter of procrastination or be lazy this is a matter of of a technical process however <laughs> what what is what is much more normal are the partners that are lazy is probably not the right word the most would say we have so much else uh, to do in our organization yeah. and uh, I discovered too late that that we or I didn't realize the amount of work it was to develop a exploitation strategy of um, so it, this is often related to the softer area so the communication dissemination exploitation areas where whew, the dissemination plan or <laughs> uh, or, or we are, we are missing to make three workshops uh, yeah. we, and we can't be able to make that within time, or we haven't. Re- what what did we actually write? We would do in those workshops. Oh shit! We're supposed to have a uh, cross sectoral, uh, <laughs> uh, cross uh, cross country uh, approach. One hundred reach... people attending our. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, and we're supposed to have all kind of sectors, sector organizations on board with high level speakers. <laughs> All kinds of things that you promise when you want yeah. to get the funding, but then you sort of forget them. Uh, uh, what you're actually supposed to do. This is quite normal. And then you have the reporting. So the reporting that you have to sort of deliver. And that's, uh, it's a little bit the same. I've, I've seen colleagues. I haven't done much of these things myself, luckily. <laughs> but I've seen colleagues in P&O struggle. Where deadline was sidelined, you know, it's a where they had to struggle with with follow up and coordinate with the project officer and the coordinator and so on. So the frock as a coordinator, it is of course to sit on people's head, to sit on people's heads, yeah, to 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 push people to yeah, keep for sure. uh, to, yeah. and to track and to track and to to to, to... yeah to push people yeah and to be sure that they are doing what they have to do yeah yeah yeah. Yep. It's uh, that's the frog. Yeah, that's the frog that sits on your table, and this is probably a frog that pops up uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the biggest, not the biggest one. It's a small one. You just, yeah. it's a gucci, and it... <laughs> <laughs> it's a small, but you have to eat a lot. So at the end, <laughs> yeah, you you you'll be full. <laughs> All right. Um, then we have oh, it's a classic budgets out of control. <laughs> yeah, Isabel, you want to? Yeah, this it is up? crazy. When I was at the SIC, I was in charge of managing the, the, the economical report of all the European projects that we have, and this was crazy. This was crazy because when you 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 build the the budget uh, during the proposal, and I don't know how many years after you are trying to report mm-hmm. and, and is you always has um, problems with that so as coordinator you have to be really sure that everyone is the has their budget under control the person mm-hmm. wants the personal costs 
the amortization of the equipment and so on. Mm-hmm. This is, oh, my dear listeners, Uh, the budget i've said it many times in my uh, in in previous episodes also both alone and with with my guests that the budgets <laughs> the budgets this is where this is where the real this is where the real project gets real so this is where the project gets real so all the everything you write in your proposal all the nice things you want to do and so on when you come when you reach to the budget outline start there there that's where the fight begins that's where you people they start of show their faces that's where you see if somebody is trying to tricking somebody is trying to get more than they're supposed to do somebody's i even tried people trying to to cheat on the hours and, and adjusting so they would get more and stuff like it's a bit, you know like it's it's you'll see everything is fold it's folded out in full if people they have a, a clean heart And do this by the book, or if there's something in there. And also, not only that, you can have as clean as hard as you want. But people are then you have the negotiations of of, uh, and if you have to cut budgets in the proposal before yeah. you submit to reach the target, there you have the real fights. Doesn't yes. matter if you're trying to cheat or not. This is about matter of people fighting for their resources and their interests. Here. So it's it gets really ugly. Now, that's all this to say. <laughs> That this is so. This is what people really. You know, that's where it. That's that's the square root of everything. So when you go into the project, when that rolls, <laughs> sometimes not everybody has the same well-functioning accountancy system in the organization. They they put a little bit too many uh, lines on the paper of how many hours they spend in the different uh, work package categories and so on. And then you then you have the salad, right? Then it's uh, <laughs> because then suddenly at the interim, halfway through, you need to do some reporting on what you spend. <laughs> so what's the frog, Isabel? The frog is when you have to adjust these things. Yep. And the frog is when you have to tell people that the that uh, this you uh, this is you have to cover yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you have to make them understand that. Uh, um, that's nasty. Uh, I have tried, and again, I'm not going to mention any any names because this is about. I've tried the first first time that I uh, when I first entered the salt sector in 2008, I became a coordinator uh, of an FP6 project. And uh, one of the partners, so there was a, there was a, an issue where they. Uh, Had, they were asking uh, the coordinator. I was coordinating, but my my manager was the head coordinator. So I was doing the day to day job because I just entered. You know, I didn't. <laughs> so she was she was sending an explanation about a partner's budget to them. Uh, but she made a cal. You know, she made a. I think she she was not. She she wrote something that was not to be put in there, and then they they spent the money. <laughs> and uh, and then the, it became a huge legal battle. <laughs> I, I was and it was the, I was I had just entered this uh, field, uh, so I was I got the full uh, I got everything. <laughs> I got the normal project outreach. Yeah. I got I got the reporting of a and then I got a legal battle, <laughs> a legal fight with lawyers on both sides of the table, stuff like this. It did not go to court. I think they managed to settle it somehow, um, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's as a partner you have a responsibility for your own budget and you need to be on top of your own budget and what the rules are. Yes, uh, that was the core of that because the coordinator she was just trying she was being helpful to them, explaining them. So, but it doesn't give you know like it didn't have any legal uh, right, you know. But the fact. What happened is what I'm trying to say here is the the what, what the effort that this is really you know this is where it gets legal this is where you uh, if there are anything you can end up with this this is why you have references in the consortium agreement to when we are dragging in the lawyers <laughs> because uh, we have to remember that this is public money so yeah. and, and you and you sign contract with uh, with the European Commission so you have to. To really understand what you are signing, 
Yeah, and you have yeah. to have a person in your own organization yeah. that understands this, or you hire a consultant that can tell you, yes, a, a lawyer, a legal expert, to tell you what this is like. No, that was a frog. It's quite a big frog. <laughs> yeah. Then you mentioned the uh, pandemic lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very well. We don't know. Now we tried it. Uh, so now we're all ready for when it comes again at some point of time. Uh, <laughs> can you follow it out? Yeah. For me, for example, I started uh, this position in CSIC when I was uh, working in European project hmm. in January 2020. And in March 2020, we were, everything was closed in Spain. So we had huge problems, you know, like just for managing projects, but also there was some project that was like Marie Curie, people that was supposed to came to to our research center to 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 work, and mm-hmm. they were not allowed. And people we had some project uh, research infrastructure, so people that has to, to came also to our laboratory, and they were not allowed. And was complicated because. Everything was delayed. Uh, you have, we have to ask for a lot of uh, suspension of project because we were not able to go to our lab. Was really complicated mm-hmm. this time. So what was the frog? Oof. The frog was to to understand how to deal with everything. You know, I don't know. You know, like to, to the I guess the yeah. frog the frog would be reorganizing all logistics uh research uh pro- project logistics and budgets. Yeah. That's that's a pretty big frog. Yeah. <laughs> uh and within a frame that has already been made. Yes. Yeah? It's a predefined frame. You cannot change that. That's a contract with the commission. They were flexible, the commission, with all these things uh, because everybody understood. But still, uh, you, they had given money to a pop- publicly funded research project for a specific call for the benefit of, of research and development in Europe, right? And uh, so you need to have some sort of... Uh, need to fulfill that contract one way or the other. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. It's a pretty big frog. I was lucky enough not to be in a in a project during that time. I was just writing proposal. That was actually easier. Yeah. That was actually easier um, because I was either way. I was still. I had. St- I have started to not making physical consortium meetings, meeting people before submission. Because it was it for me, many people like it, I know, but for me, I was sitting with maybe three or four proposals at the same time, and to do that uh, that would be two days uh wasted, plus preparing logistics and planning and so on so i I was already not doing that so so the the pandemics was just well, I was sitting at at my home desk as everybody did and then i was building proposals and doing uh, you know concepts and working online with my colleagues to to shape those things and finding partners and so on so everybody was just sitting there you know so <laughs> so for that that part it wasn't too bad you were lucky for example i was in charge of economical report and uh-huh. all our time sheets were in our research center and i had no access to the time sheets and a lot of documentation so i I was not able to do the economical report even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was... Uh, um, that was the pandemic's force. Um, are there any other elements as a coordinator that we can think of that uh, where you have to eat frogs? I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking now, like, this are the frogs and a tool that we have. Also, the coordinator is the communication just to try Mm-hmm. To to minimize, you know, all the frogs and to mm-hmm. to yeah, it's the communication. How we communicate and in, in in both way, you know, yeah, you have to 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 say things and you have to listen and you have to be really really careful about that. And this is a way to minimize the amount of frogs. Yeah, yeah, because that is a frog uh, conflicts in general, right? Yeah, damage damage control. Yeah. That uh, both conflicts erupting and then damage because that uh, can be really big, feel like a really big frog on a day-to-day basis. Uh, because it's not 
few consortiums do not have friction between some people. Yeah, it's it's normal more than it's uh, you don't have uh, it's not uh, happy happy joy joy you know it's it's you always have friction or somebody who is odd one out or someone where you can see it's rubs against the hair if another pe- person is speaking or you know yeah. because again we end up in the same the project are the people you know the soul yeah. of the project are people and yeah. sometimes yeah yeah sort of people start to get the idea but maybe we should i think the next point that i put here it's uh it's trying maybe to give people an idea of how they can work from a frog eater approach um do you use the concept yourself isabel do you think yes. of it yeah yes usually yes at the beginning when i started to work on project management and so on i was like maybe so shy you know to to eat frogs yeah. and to do it in the <laughs> The very first thing in the morning, but uh, then I I realized that it's a, a really waste of of time for me and for everyone just to not to to, to not do it. Yeah. So I tried to do it the very very first thing in the morning when I was working in a company. I was like at six o'clock in the morning and was the perfect time because the, <laughs> there was no one else in the in the office. There were no mail coming or calls, so it's the perfect time to to to, to eat your frog uh-huh. maybe i outline because the website i found it was sort of a good way of 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 sort of making the analog related to 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 organizing your work so so there are some steps there are six steps and first step is decide your frog so this is the the anticipation is based on that you have a lot to do You have many tasks on the table. So the first thing to do is to decide your frog, which one is the biggest. And the recommendation is should be the biggest and the most difficult one that will consume most energy uh, to pick. And then you have to pick something. Uh, you'll be able to... Oh, so I have to... Can see, pick something that you will be able to complete in one to four hours. That's sort of very... Uh, that's very uh, detailed, yeah. But at least something that you should be able to uh, in one working day, anyways. Um, next step is to break it down into smaller steps if needed, and often if it's a big frog, there might be different elements. So if there's a huge conflict, then you need to talk to the main problem, and then you might have to talk to another one. You need to facilitate a solution. So you need to break this down, right? Just to relate it to. Uh, for instance, a proposal process with a conflict. Then you need to, apparently, according to this way, you need to resist the temptation to plan ahead. So the idea is to focus on that frog on your table, not saying, oh, when I'm finished eating this frog, then I can do this. You have to focus on eradicating the frog. Mm. <laughs> then the recommendation is, the step step five is to prepare your frog the night before. In other words, you mentally, you maybe have a look, maybe you reflect, put down some steps on paper, what you would need to do to prepare the frog, so to say, to eat it, how it is uh, is best served, for you to have a clear idea when you step into work the next morning, this is how I will attack the problem. And then, uh, as you said, last step, eat your frog first thing. So uh, no procrastination, no uh, <laughs> no jumping around, all kinds of different things. So you know, looking at cat videos on on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you relate to these steps? This is uh, is it something where you can see? Okay, this is actually how I approach it. Or is there anything where you say, how do you prepare your frog? Yeah, for sure. This one related to prepare your frog the night before. This is something that they did. Yeah. Sometimes it's not good to do it, you know, but uh, it's something that you have in your mind and just, just to, to really understand how are you going to do it, how you are going to to deal with everything. Why do you say that? Is that because if it's something that is creating anxiety, if it's something where personal conflict? Yeah, Yeah, sometimes, yes. And, and this is because this is maybe a fraud that you had to, has to be uh, eaten the, the day before. Because <laughs> it's already, you know, like uh, getting big. Yeah, 
Uh, and that is, of course, also, I think, maybe a frog we didn't talk about, but it's it, it, now we are touching upon something that is emotionally difficult to handle if you have a conflict against you. If there starts to be a a movement against you, also where it gets personal against you as a coordinator. Yeah. That's, of course, very uncomfortable. Um, and And that is, of course, something where you might need help to solve it. Uh, eating the frog uh, because of course it's uncomfortable no matter what kind of person you are um, some people handle of course psychologically more solid to deal with those kind of things at all but of course it's, when it gets personal it's difficult yeah yep. is there any specific period or phase of your work either with proposals supporting research teams or project implementation where you especially use the principle or is it something you you is it something you pick out of your toolbox uh, arbitrarily related to when you need to work like this for me right now it's less like a standard work like i try to eat uh, the frog uh, <laughs> if there is something in my table because i'm working on project management and proposal management and other things and i try to 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 do it you know like okay mm -hmm. if in this project there is a problem the other day we had a meeting and we had some like something that we had to 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 better manage and I was like okay I think we need to to really coordinate these work packets and blah 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 so I I try to do it uh, in every task that I have. Mm -hmm. Okay, and have you a concrete example of where it helped you with a solution or where it uh, made things much easier for you to work like this? Yeah, for example, in this project that I told you, you know, I I, I was thinking that uh, we had a problem, not a problem, but a lack of coordination, uh, one work packets with the others, mm -hmm. and and we are going to 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 try to coordinate better. So I think our life is going to be easier <laughs> for the next uh, months. Yeah, it's um, I think. If I can relate, we I've been having situations with very tough budget negotiations. Yeah, so I've been trying, I've been trying to develop a BBI proposal, a bio-based mm -hmm. industry yep. proposal for yep. that call, and and there was a technicality, important technicality that I was not fully aware of when we started the process. And me as a pro project facilitator, yeah. building things up, uh, this issue that industry had to co-finance. Hmm. Yes. Uh, so it affects a lot the budget, right? And there we had a huge, uh, because then we had to remuffle the budget, and it it was, it it started with me because I had not, I had not read the rules properly when I uh, started the process, so it was basically my you know, like not proper consultancy work, right? But I still had to solve the problem. <laughs> no, the frog was lying there, so I. I allied myself with the coordinator, mm. and we solved it. Uh, but but there was some, uh, not just one big frog. There was there were a couple of big frogs there also because the one thing is that you made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. You cannot hide that. You have to be transparent. If you want people to tr transparent with you, you need to be transparent with them, no matter how big a mistake you made. Uh, and that. Was of course tough, but I continued working with them in other proposals, many of the partners. So it's it. I guess my approach meant that they trusted me, <laughs> anyways, and we we managed to submit the proposal. So it's uh, it, we didn't win it, but we. Managed I, I to was I, I was going to ask you. We didn't didn't win it, but we managed to submit it, and they were happy, overall happy with with my work. So, yeah, uh, I think this is relatable. Anyone can relate to what we're talking about. It has been working with these things. No matter if you sit as a research manager in a in a research organization as Isabel here, or as a private grants consultant has been facilitating a full proposal process. If you're coordinating a, a project, there's a no matter what organization you come from, anyone can relate to this. Yeah, it's it's uh, and we and we all make. It's not only the others that makes mistakes. It's not only their frogs you need to eat. You sometimes you also need to eat your own frogs. And they are the biggest one because it, it, it's you who has created the, the the frog. Yeah, 
it's it, it's quite difficult to get down uh, <laughs> and but that's a pro- it's the more the more important to get it down uh, and I think it's very important what I just mentioned just need to be honest yeah you know I was in charge of economical report of huge project in the Tesican and sometimes you you make uh, mistakes or whatever and uh, and with that with money when money is involved you you, you need to do if you if if you have done something that was not uh, currently done, you have to to eat the frog really, really fast. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's uh, that's the recommendation from here. I think uh, this is actually going to be a not so long episode. That's okay because it's normally my episodes get very long, but the, this I don't think it has to be much longer because we uh, are covering quite well now. So it's it's a recommendation from here to uh, to look. I will in the episode page for this episode. I will put link to the page I found where it's explained okay. and and so on. So there I will put. I will also put a link, direct link to to Isabel's post <laughs> on LinkedIn, and I will put Isabel's LinkedIn post uh, so you can connect with her if you if you feel like. So there's some sort of uh, so you can all go there and find more information if you're interested in how to work work with this concept if it would help you. So that's that. Before we uh, we leave for a weekend and uh, and say goodbye to the listeners and say happy Christmas to the listeners, uh, we have to uh, have my 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 returning recurring segment, the toughest challenge. So I have put here what is the toughest challenge as a coordinator juggling and handling extreme pressure and tons of tasks. So what is the toughest challenge in this perspective? That I had. I think was uh, this uh, first uh, Horizon Europe project that uh, we were granted in uh, in the SIC. and before signing the contract with the European Commission, the principal investigator investigator that he he left the organization and was no one in the organization to that wanted to 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 to, to really coordinate the proposal and, and the project. And uh, that's was, rough. Was tough. Stuff because, uh, but finally we succeed. We succeed to, to have someone to take care of the project, and now the project is running. I think it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is related to something we also talked about earlier, right? It's this thing with someone leaves. Yes. And when an important one leaves, that is, that is. Um, I tried it. I tried it a couple of times and I tried and I managed every time to handle it. That was, I had a proposal that was cursed and that kept being problems. They kept being um, the coordinator uh, left. So I had to find a coordinator, but, but we managed, but this is, it is the toughest thing when, 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 this it's totally disruptive, especially in, in I've not tried what you tried there. When it is in, when you have secured the money and then <laughs> the core the core person for everything leave you know like leaves. It's it's um, no that I've not tried, but I concur that it's it's definitely it's definitely a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Christmas is coming. For you listeners out there, it's uh You've had a Christmas morning. This will be released on the 25th of December. I will just, uh, before we say goodbye, I'm just going to land the plane of the episode. So dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to the end. I hope you enjoyed this um, this episode on, on this special episode on, on how to work as a, as a project coordinator and a proposal preparer. Don't forget to check out my website, thegrand.eu. You will find the whole back catalog. I have more than 80 episodes now. There should be something in your taste if you liked what you just listened to. Uh, and while you're in there, don't forget to submit, uh, to uh, to subscribe to my uh, email list. Uh, this is the way I, as a podcaster, uh, move on and uh, and become stronger. It is to to get, uh, if you submit, uh, if you subscribe to my list. So thanks for that. That's currency in the podcast world. Um, otherwise, 
Oh, I always say so many things here in the end. Maybe I should just make a short. Connect with me on LinkedIn if you're not already. This is where the fun happens. And I. this is also where I share and like Isabel's posts here. So um, that's that. Isabel, um, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Yeah, Feliz Navidad. Um, have a nice one uh, in, in northern Sweden. And um, let's say goodbye to the dear listeners. Bye. Bye.